good evening and welcome to episode 64 of the Talking Talkie podcast. Uh, I'm Matt Park and I'm coming to you from uh, nowhere near the, the border with Russia. Uh, joining me this evening is Matthew Roberts. Hello. Hello. And Rowena Williams is here. Good evening. Hello. Hello. Did you both watch uh, Wheelstone? Unfortunately, yes. Yes, uh, for the same reason, yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Two hours of my life that I'll never get back. It wasn't the most thrilling two hours, was it? Quality of stream wasn't great, considering that it wasn't really a different scenario from 18 months ago. And quality of the product on offer wasn't all that high. What did we make of the game as a, as a whole, do we think? I think we started pretty strong. Um, I thought the first half was a lot better than the second half. Um, I thought that we needed to score when we had that um, we had that momentum, and we weren't basically we weren't really like we'd, we'd get it to the box, and we were just missing that final ball. I thought um, so. The first half I wasn't like too down, but I thought the stream was all right. I liked that they made it free. Um, it was really nice because I wasn't going to be able to go to the game, so it was a nice surprise to be able to watch it, especially as it was a bit later on. Um, and then as the game went on, and when we came back after half time, we just looked, just, I don't know, we just came out looking like we didn't really want it. Um, did we actually come out? I, I, I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, I mean, it's the same old story. We were just massively missing someone up front. And then obviously we had all the drama with Lolos. Um, I don't think that he'll play for us again now. I think that's it. Um, I think there's obviously this other stuff going on that we don't know about. And it was his final chance and Gary Johnson's just had enough um, and by the sort of 92nd minute I was a bit pretty sick of the commenta commentators saying Lemony Heavens Evans which made me really laugh <laughs> um, but yeah so I just thought it was a bit of a waste of my Saturday if I'm honest <laughs> which was a shame because I was actually really looking forward to it. Could have been worse though because I was actually planning on going to the game and um, I was about to get my train tickets and then I saw that it was uh, that it was cancelled so I thought dodged a bullet with that one um, but I, I thought to use a proper football cliche, it was a game of two halves. Um, first half, I, th I, I thought, oh, this this is really good. Um, we've improved so much over the past couple of weeks because we had not not that we created any chances really, but we we were all over them. Wheelston were camped out in their own you know, eighteen yard box at times, um, but we just couldn't find. The final killer ball. Um, Lemony Evans had a really good chance to do it, uh, you know, with only 10 minutes gone, um, where, you know, he's through, I, I can't remember who it was who passed him, who passed to him, but he was through on goal. And you just think, oh, there's no way he can miss, he can miss this. He's, he's going to put it past the keeper. And you just think, no, he's still going, he's still running. They shoot. And he just doesn't, and he gets smothered by the keeper. And I thought, oh, well, that's no problem. We'll get another chance in a minute. And then, of course, we we didn't really. I think Wright had a header which went, which went just wide. But that was those are the only chances which I really remember from the first half. Um, but I thought it, we'd end up we'd end up winning the game anyway. Not quite sure what led me to believe that, but um, yeah, the second half didn't didn't turn up. I think I even forgot about the disallowed goal because I was by the time we, yeah, we by the time we scored that and like it wasn't a goal I was so like so bored <laughs> yeah, and then I, it was obviously a goal and I couldn't even be bothered I think I was so pissed off with it I couldn't even be bothered to be annoyed <laughs> like, yeah there was um there was more intrigue in the couple of like individual incidents than there was in in all the rest of the game despite the fact that we had about eighty percent of the ball. We just decided not to do anything with it. Yeah. So the two, the only two points really worth talking about, I suppose, are Lolos and whether he'll play for us again. I think we're all, I'm going to guess that we're all pretty unanimous in the fact that we'll never see him kick a ball for Torquay again. And the, the real intrigue now is will he ever kick a professional football again? You know, is that his career over? We know it's a small world. We know that Gary Johnson is quite a big fish in, in that small pond. And, I mean, if, maybe if Lolos goes up to the championship for his next move, then, you know, what 
what Johnson has to say won't matter. But if he ends up at Truro or Tiverton or trying to get a gig for somebody like that and they ring Johnson and go, what's he like then? And he says, brought him on, hooked him a short number of minutes later. And that was that. He's probably not getting another job, is he? We we heard from um, from a former player whose name escapes me. Played at Aldershot, Jamie Sendles White, um, on maybe some of the difficulties that he had had with his time at Aldershot and then finding another club thereafter, and it being a little bit sort of he said she said at times about the circumstances that had caused him to leave Aldershot. So there was. You know, it obviously does happen, and the word of the former manager, whether it's Johnson or somebody else, probably does go quite a long way. So don't leave a club under bad circumstances. There again, I suppose if James Hurst, who by all rights should be in prison, has got a club, then he might, probably... he might be he might be he's in and out fairly regularly, isn't he? He might be by the time of this podcast goes out. I, yeah, that's true. Yeah, if we're not releasing this for a, a, another twenty-four hours, there is every chance that he's he's in police custody as we speak, awaiting trial for something. So, about so the point remains that if if guys like that can get clubs, then I suppose you know Lolos probably will get somewhere. It's just a question of whether that will be paying the bills for him or whether he'll need to go and get a proper job and and football will just become a hobby like it is for the rest of us. Which I feel seems like it's a real shame with him. Because I feel like I have seen him nearly be really good. And, yeah. you know, and I have seen him come on for the bench and make a real difference. And just something hasn't worked there. Um, it's, it's interesting, though, when we were speaking to Liam Davis, because he did say that Gary Johnson, some players love playing with him and some really struggle with him. And it looks like there's been a friction there. That I mean, maybe Lawless has got fed up of not playing. I don't know. Maybe he's given up trying. But there's a reason you're not playing because you're not good enough. So I would say that you need to try harder. So if you're not good enough for this team, I mean, it's not <laughs> Dan, a... Dan Holman is getting in the team ahead of you. Um, <laughs> no, you're in trouble. But I um who's I mean, we don't really have that many players on the bench though, do we? To actually, yeah. I mean, if, if Lolos isn't going to be on the bench, then who else are you going to put on the bench? Because Holman's out, injured, I assume. Um, and we don't really have much of a stacked bench as it is. So essentially you've got one striker in the team then um, in right. And he, whether he can go 90 minutes week in, week out is debatable. Uh, well, it's not debatable, is it? You I mean, he can't do 90 minutes every week. So yeah, you're right. We've got one striker and what we need is more than one striker. Um, I suppose that begs the question, what do we do about Olaf Kazela? I know Yellow's Facebook will be kicking off now saying, yeah, he's best striker in the division, ought to be on 100 grand a week, whatever. But, I mean, is he any sort of an answer, given that he hasn't seemed to have been an answer for the last three, four years, whatever it is? I think we all really want him to be good, don't we? We want him to be brilliant. You know, we want him to get into the team, but nothing's happened since that sort of first announcement, really, with him. Um, I don't really think he's the person that we can rely on. I think I think it's a problem that a lot of clubs are facing um, at the moment is finding a reliable striker who's, you know, and um, who hasn't broken their leg. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Chesterfield and managed. I just thought, no, actually, they haven't. Have they? Uh, so I think, I think it's got to be our real focus for the summer. Like, we've got to... I think we need a younger guy, um, and maybe that's all left, but we also need to... We also need to bring in somebody who's got some experience who can who can see a game through. Um, I love Danny Wright. I think he's brilliant, but I, I I do unfortunately think his time playing 90 minutes is over and um, we can't rely on him because of his injuries. It doesn't mean I don't think he has a place, um, maybe coming off the bench at times, but I don't think he's the striker. He's definitely not a striker that we can rely on at this point. He's actually, um, he's, he's actually had a, a decent season in terms of injuries. He's not... He's not been injured that much, has he? But he's just, he just hasn't scored much at all. Um, I think, yeah, he's still got a place in the team, but it's probably one season too far. I think. I think if we had gone up, then obviously he he would have, he might well have retired. But um, a fair play for him for trying another season. But yeah, I, uh, I can't, I can't, I can't imagine he'll be, he'll be sticking around uh, for another season, unfortunately. 
And, but then Olaf will be getting 20 goals next season. He's the 20 goal a season striker that we that we need, according to Yellow's Facebook, anyway. Um, <laughs> well, I hope he is, because you know, like like you guys, I want to see a youth product come through. I'm sick of watching, you know, Exeter mainly kick out player after player after player and get millions for them and see them playing for England and in the Premier League and and whatever else. And you know, watching our hot new thing not get the chance and then go to Truro and then end up wherever it is that the likes of Ashley Yeoman now work, whatever he does is working in Asda or whatever. So it's, um, it is upsetting. And I do just want to see, even if it's only just one guy, I just want to see us make a success of somebody and go, Hey, look, this, this guy mm. came from us. I got, um, I may well have told this story before I stopped in the Trafford center a little while ago. Um, because I was wearing my hat and the guy, said oh um talk united we got lee sharp from you and that was all he said we he didn't want a conversation he just wanted to say we got lee sharp from you and it wouldn't it be nice if we were you know you could look because it's brilliant watching like Kiefer moore scoring for wales and it's it's lovely seeing that and then you get oh i miss it so much and it's been like in time my time as supporting talking so we've had quite a few players that have gone on to do really well and, and it just makes I know I'm always really interested in them doing well um like you know Kane and like you know yeah Kiefer Moore's a good example um we've had some great people we you know the, the other day we were only talking about Jason Roberts um you know some really good players they don't have to go on to be premiership even but you know doing well in league one scoring lots of goals and you're keeping an eye out for them it'd be really great I remember watching you know Kane uh, play more and just watching him play everybody <laughs> off the park just like so so good and it was just a pleasure to watch it and to be at lower league as well right on top of the game mm. um with somebody playing to that standard is really great and i feel like it's been so long since we've truly seen that and it'd be really nice to like you said for that to be olaf but i'm not convinced at the moment but i'm not writing him off i mean he, i don't think he scored many goals for dorchester because he, he went to there from tiverton didn't he uh, a couple of months ago um mm. but i don't think i don't think he's done a, a whole lot at dorchester um, but there's other loanies as well that you think um, are they going to get an opportunity at some point I wouldn't have a problem if we just decided to bring a few of them back into the fold because I imagine they're training with us um, irrespective of what club they're at and just give them a few minutes here and there in the first team over the course of you know March, April and a bit of May um, it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be too much of a problem because we're not going down, we're not going up now so there's nothing really to be lost I think yeah we should just enjoy the rest of the season shouldn't we I feel yeah. I totally agree Matthew like let's play we're never mid-table I think the only time I remember us being ending up mid-table is because the season stopped because of the pandemic <laughs> so yeah, the, the you last, know last time last time we had a season of mid-table mediocrity not counting the pandemic was um 2014-15 was it on the Hargreaves um, when we came, was it about thirteenth, fourteenth, or so? And it's been. Didn't we only just avoid relegation with about seven or eight games to go? Did we not? We not rubbish and then got better. No, I, th- I thought I thought we started off quite well that season. First we, season oh, okay. Yeah, first season in the conference, and then it all went a bit pear shaped towards the end. But I don't think we. Were, if Ben Curry was here, he could tell us the exact results of every single game. <laughs> the stats of each player, who who had how, how many passes that game, yeah, that kind of thing. Um, but no, I, I think we ended up fairly comfortable that season. Um, but yeah, nothing is, nothing like that has happened since then. It's either been relegation um, or promotion. Okay, yeah, that's that is yeah, that does feel like like what it is like following Torquay. I don't, I can't think of any other club really that have had. Even the likes of Fulham and Sunderland, who seem to go up and down every year, or Portsmouth, who've just been down and down and down. None of those clubs even seem to have had the the longevity of having end of season interest for good or bad that we've had over the last, what have we been going now, 18, 19 years. And I, I cannot remember really an end to a season that was just, well, I don't care, whatever. You know, we say 10 games to go, you're sort of, we're not. Yeah, it's been our season. Yeah. It's been our season all over, though, hasn't it? We've been. If you look at, I think it would probably. I think we've lost 
11, 112 or the other way around. And that just sums it up, really. We are inconsistency throughout, mm. you know. There's been some games where I've watched them and thought they were, you know, or listened to them and thought they've been really great. You know, I saw the Chesterfield game at the beginning of the season and just thought they were really good, you know. I thought, oh, we could really challenge. And then, you know, yesterday's game was, um, sorry, Saturday's game was just a perfect example of, like, where's where's that where's team gone that was Mm. winning games like a couple of weeks ago just walking around but I mean that at least we're not at the bottom there was a time I had to say this season where I was getting a bit worried um so you know let's let's enjoy being mid-table and maybe play some players that aren't playing and and see what that brings up it's because uh it's because Gary Johnson keeps losing the dressing room that's why we keep having like an inconsistent series of results (laughs) if he he ever finds it the rest of the division are in trouble yeah he's ever he's ever so careless with that dressing gown he is obviously (laughs) So there was that, um, the curious incident of the Lolos in the night, and then there was the even curiouser incident of the incredible vision of either a linesman or a referee who could see a ball that simply was not out of play, as out of play so definitely that they could rule out the winning goal. Because there's no way on God's green earth that if we'd have gone 2-1 up, that uh, Wheelstone were going to come come flying out the traps and press to score another one. They'd have been delighted at losing that game two one. As it was, they they'd have fallen over. They fell over themselves for a one all draw. I mean, you only had to look at the um, the camera as it panned down to the benches as the final whistle went. Johnson's throwing his arms around and sending Aaron Downs over to shake hands with the the Wheelstone manager. The Wheelstone manager, as is entirely within his remit and as is his right. He's smiling like a Cheshire cat. I'm not going to hold it against him. We're not the celebration police. You think you've got out of jail? You know, great. Laugh your head off. Celebrate your ass off. I don't oh, care. It's big, it was a big point for them as well, isn't oh. it? You know, they are in a relegation battle and, yeah. and they are going to take that. But yeah, what a ridiculous call. I mean. <laughs> how, how does he think he's seen that? You know, when you watch when you watch a lot of football, as I'm sure sort of all people appear on this podcast, people listen to it, you listen to a podcast about Talkie United for crying out loud. I imagine you've got to have a fair love affair with the game. You just sort of have, you develop a sense, don't you, of whether, whether like a foul is a bad challenge. You can just instantly go, oh, God, that wasn't a great challenge. Or you can spot a handball, even if it's in a crowded penalty area and you don't see a ball hit a hand. You just kind of know when there's been a handball, particularly if it's in the penalty area. And it's the same with when the ball goes out of play. You know instinctively you might it might be very close and you might not always be dead right but if it is close to being in or out of play there's that sort of it just rings an alarm bell in your mind you go you know with that you can rule this out because he's because he's he's done that or that'll be offside or that's handball or whatever it is not once watching I mean I'm sure it once because it's live but at no point did I go What's that play? Oh, he's overrun it. What an idiot. How's he done that? Yeah, but also no, neither did neither did any player on oh. either side. Um, who was it? Was it Evans who, who had who Yeah, the lemon, yeah. Yeah. He didn't like pull up and go, oh crap. Or the defender who was who was on him, he didn't shout to the referee or the linesman, no. hold his hand up and say, Hey, hang on, it's it's gone out because it hadn't gone out. Yeah, it's it, plain it, and simple it, had not a, gone out of play. I thought I thought when when it had gone in and then they blew the whistle. I thought was he offside? And no, no, he, he wasn't. And then I thought no. And then even the commentators were thinking, what bloody hell's the ref doing? Um, yeah, I, I I don't understand. I've not I've not seen that before. Um, it kind of summed up the day, though, didn't it? I didn't. No, when I saw it go in, I was like, it's not going to be allowed. I could just feel it. Like I was just like. I, it was it had nil nil draw written all over it. Like I'd already, I'd already jumped off the settee when I when um, when it went in. Then I had to just oh, sit back down again. Um, yeah, I was up, arms in the air, giving it large. Yeah, and then yeah, ruled out. Couldn't to, couldn't believe it. But yeah, I mean, in fairness, Rose right. It's that not right. It was one. It was one all, wasn't it? Not nil. Well, nil. yeah, but it was a, it was a nil nil draw in which two goals were scored. Yeah, exactly. Was, That's what it was I meant. one of those. Like if ever a game deserved to be nil nil, it was. It was that one, and somehow it was one all. But to see so, the um, the the officials, they refused to discuss with Johnson afterwards, didn't they? The decision. 
Um, apparently, Johnson was banging on their door after the game and saying, you know, oh, why, "Why won't you talk to me? I just want a word." Um, and I'll they, stay calm. Promise. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm only I, I like that though. The, the officials are the officials are, have locked themselves into their office because Gary Johnson is banging on through, through the door. He's going to come out. Yeah, um, I, I wouldn't want to be in their shoes. Um, but yeah, they uh, they refused to explain the decision behind the uh, this live goal, um, and Johnson couldn't understand it. Nice. I do. They're lucky those officials that it was behind closed doors because you know who would have been waiting for him in the car park outside. <laughs> Paul bastard would have been out there. I've seen him do it before. I've seen him do it at Gateshead. Wait for the officials after the game, and just essentially shout at them between the officials' entrance or exit. And Does he shout? Come. I feel like you would have like a sensible conversation. He's, he tries to be measured and then he loses his temper. I did see him once queue up outside uh, Lincoln's ground and wait because the Cowleys love themselves so much. And they came out and were signing autographs for loads and loads of junior fans. And Paul queued up in the junior fans want an <laughs> autograph queue. <laughs> just so he could meet Cowley and tell him how lucky you got. You got right out of jail there. You know, you didn't deserve that. It was never a foul for the free care. <laughs> this was like 90 minutes after full time. It was absolutely incredible. So that was that was Wellstone. It was incredibly disappointing. A game that last year's team, given all the circumstances, would probably have won about 15-0. And we drew nil-nil, but managed to score a goal apiece. So we drew one up. So that's Wheelstone. Before we get on to Bromley, the tantalising tidbits just keep coming and coming, don't they, in this division? Um, I've done a bit of a game because we haven't had a game for a while. So um, I think both of you have bought pen and paper with you, haven't you? If you're listening at home, you probably don't need to. Um, you can just kind of have a little think about what you think the answers are. So this is one of those higher or lower quizzes. I think we've had something similar before. Uh, so what I'm going to do is there's 10 questions uh, and I'm just write down one to 10 on your paper and write down whether you think it's higher, which of the two is higher or lower. You'll understand when I read the question and um, then we'll compare notes at the end and see who is the winner. So you get the most right out of the 10. So fairly easy one to start with. Um, I'm afraid it's, we're talking about the Wheelstone game again. So. The total length of Claddy Lolos's appearance on Saturday in minutes, was that higher or lower than Wealdstone's lead in minutes? So Wealdstone led the game for a short period. Lolos was on for a short period. Was Lolos's appearance longer or shorter than Wealdstone's lead? Both very insignificant. Extremely insignificant periods of time. Which was the greater? So if you both got an answer for that, doesn't need to take forever this game. Uh, the, so this is question two. So the total number of minutes for which Dover have led in matches this season, in league matches this season, is that higher or lower than the women's Olympic marathon record in minutes? This is quite difficult, actually. That one's good. Yeah, that's a good question. Dover are really shit. <laughs> they are appallingly shit. Yeah, but, but they were they were beating us for quite a while um, in the home game this season, weren't they? Oh, uh, were they, they, Matthew? Oh, no, thank yeah, you. By quite a while, I mean oh, five minutes, was it? I think it was. You know, I've got them written down here because I had to. I did have to jot them down. Um, that was the game where Little was booed at the end because he, he had the temerity to become man of the match. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then he scored the winner, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, honestly, some people in Turkey have started breeding with vegetables, I'm sure of it, producing people <laughs> to turn up and play more every Saturday. Nuts. Uh, question three. Uh, the total number of wins as manager of Torquay enjoyed by Gary Johnson is that higher or lower than the number of Formula One Grand Prix that Lewis Hamilton has won in his career? So, talkie games that we've won under Johnson, Lewis Hamilton, Formula One GPs. First time that I've ever heard Gary Johnson and Lewis Hamilton mentioned. In the same. They are I think, the I think, leading sportsmen, I suppose. 
we could send him along to sports personality, couldn't we, Gary, as our representative? And he'd get him a seat next to Lewis Hamilton and just see if he knows who he is. <laughs> That'd be quite good, I think. Uh, question four is, is a little bit of a trick. You've got to remember which game this was. It's the total away, and that's away in inverted commas, crowd, in the New Year's Day match versus Truro in the 18-19 in the season. Was that higher or lower than the total number of goals Torquay have conceded at home in our entire history? Ben Curry would have already known the answer to this. Uh, yeah, this is partially why you I can't play games with Ben. He's such a know-it-all. Like That's he always has to, he has to be the quiz master. Con- yeah, conceded the first home goal in eighteen ninety-eight, so something in the seventh minutes. And then he pulls that little smug face when he knows he would have done better than you. <laughs> yes, he does. Yeah, that's why I won't appear on a podcast with him. <laughs> uh, question the fifth. Which is higher? The number of spectators at Plainmore in our lowest ever league crowd. And for information, I know Ben will already know this, but for information, it was the match versus crew on the 1st of March, 1986. Was that attendance higher or lower? than the number of first-class wickets taken by Jimmy Anderson across his career. I wanted to write a question that Matty Haywood stood a chance of getting the correct answer for. So I threw, uh, I threw Jimmy, Jimmy's career stats in there. So that's five, so that's the first half done. Second half begins with... The total number of hat-tricks scored by Sammy Collins for Torquay is that higher or lower than the number of number one singles in the UK chart achieved by the Rolling Stones? Might have been a bit before my time. Both um, yes, a long way before your time. But unfortunately, very few people these days get any kind of number of hat tricks for us. And Danny Rye was the last person to, wasn't he? I think. Um, Harleypool away last year. Um, the perfect hat trick. Yeah, I can't think of a more recent one. Um, I know did Jake. Yeah, I say I know, and then I'd say I asked the question. Feels like Jake, a long time since we scored three goals, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, was it Wealdstone 5 0? Last time we got three goals in a game, no, it's Yeovil. Um, we beat them, uh, we beat them uh, Boxing Day and then uh, New Year's Day, didn't we? Um, oh, yes, we did. Yeah, we we put um, like a bit of a cricket, cricket score um, against both of them, uh, both games, I think. Oh, that's a bit embarrassing. I was at both of those. Oh, well, never mind. I never claimed to have a decent memory. Um, <laughs> question seven. <laughs> Uh, the total length of the Plainmore pitch in yards, is that higher or lower than the maximum height of the Wembley Arch in metres? Are we talking the Wembley Arch from the ground or from the roof where it is? Oh, from the ground, yeah. Okay, oh, good. As, you know, as a, a, a very, very short man might stand and look up at it, how high above his head is it? And by a very short man, I mean a man with nominally no height. So it's play more pitching yards, higher or lower, the maximum height of the Wembley Arch in metres. And I only ask it like that because I couldn't find the answer to one in the other or the other in one and I couldn't be asked to convert it. So that's the question you've got. Uh, We were talking about Olaf Kazela earlier, and he features in this question. So the age of Olaf Kazela in days when he made his Tilke United debut, is that higher or lower than the total length in yards of a single round of golf at the Pebble Beach course in 17-mile drive in California? I now know why you said that this doesn't, some of this doesn't rely on uh, actually, uh, you know, actual knowledge. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit kind of best guess, isn't it? I mean, sort of how long is a golf course? Well, some amount of distance and sort of how old was Olaf? Well, some number of years and days. When I uh, when I go play a round of golf next time, I'm going to measure the distance I walk in Olaf Kazuma. 
<laughs> oh yeah, you could do that, couldn't you? Yeah. You could have walked 6.7 Olafs today. Which is... <laughs> Actually, maybe you should pitch that to um, oh, the Haunted Pencil, old Reese Mogg, as a Brexit benefit. No longer are we tied to doing things in yards and kilometres. We can do it in Olaf Kazalas if we want to. No, Not for, bad, uh, for Not bad idea, that. Yeah. Oh, no, you're going to have to read the sun. And obviously you don't do that because you're not an idiot. So, No, I've mislaid my copy. It's around here somewhere. Oh, bugger, yeah. It's... <laughs> Question nine, two to go. Question nine. The total number of goals scored for Torquay by Robin Stubbs, is that higher or lower than the total number of goals scored by Ukrainian legend Andrei Shevchenko for AC Milan? Who got more goals for their respective clubs, Stubbsy or Shevchenko? It's not easy, this one. I'm not going to say that. I don't think that any of them have been easy, if yeah. I'm honest. <laughs> it would require it would require like an incredible amount of talky knowledge and general knowledge to like know you're getting these right, which is why Ben isn't here again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is, that is fair. Yeah, the um. I'm just looking down. I'm trying to. You think that's mean? You wait till you hear the last question, which is the last question for a reason. Bit of a tiebreaker because, well, I don't know. You you might need one, although it's in the same format as all the others, so it's not really a tiebreaker. It'll help us get zero confirmed, right? <laughs> well, possibly. I mean, you got fifty-fifty chance of getting each answer, so I don't imagine you'll get zero. No one's that unlucky. So, question ten then, for a bit of a laugh, this one. The total number of appearances for Torquay by every player ever to represent us, so the total number of appearances made by Torquay players in their history, is that higher or lower than the number of ice creams served at the Wimbledon Championships in 2019? Well, just, just by going through the 17-18 season, we had a revolving door of players back then, didn't we? So that's going to be about 500 appearances or so. Um... There were lots. There were some some seasons where there were lots. I, I did want to do this question slightly differently um, because there were there were quite a few. The Wimbledon Championships like statistics page on their website is really quite interesting. They got all the sensible stuff, you know, fastest serve, most most aces, longest match, all these things. But then they have got some really good fun statistics about balls and you know, like attendances and various other things. Eight litres, with the roof closed in centre court, they pump eight litres of fresh air per person per second to ensure that the atmosphere is um, clean and hygienic and everything else in there when they've got the roof closed. Absolutely incredible. You, you think they get like 14,000, 15,000 people in there. It's, um, it's really, that's a lot of air moving around us. That's... More hot air than in the average Notts County post-match press conference. This is, Matt, this is just Matt plugging his new podcast on the side, Wimbledon Stats. <laughs> Tennis chat. I was going to say. I was going to say earlier on. Actually, um, I, I, I was reminded of something. Was it Birchnell? Ian? Is it Neil or Ian Birchnell? I can't remember his name. Notts County. Ian Birchnell. Yeah, I mean, if if that was his team playing Wilson, he would have said something like, "You know, we we had limited." you know, um, final phase entries or something to describe the lack of chances that we had. Um, oh, old fifth phase stock take. Fifth phase, from yes. The, uh, right, from yeah. that odds, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, hello, Charlie and John, if you're listening. Uh, I, you know, I listened to the um, uh, the Radio Devon commentary for the Wheelstone game rather than their couple of clowns because I gave them about 30 seconds and realised that they were just going to be idiots. Um, and John was on that. John Cadigan was on that with Harry Salvage. Great pairing. Really, really good. Because John was treating it a bit like an episode of Matt Ops. So we bummed out at one stage to look up a statistic. I just left Harry completely on his own. <laughs> I was like, you deal with the coverage. I'm going to look that up, Harry. You could hear he was tapping away on his phone. Like, oh, no, John, no. Come and say quick. I, I didn't. I didn't realise there was an alternative. I um. I just had the the Wilson blokes on all game. I I quite enjoyed them. At, at... Oh yeah, they were so bad. They were great. Like yeah. they'd be like, that was a brilliant ball, and it wouldn't like not, not even reach the player. It was absolutely great. <laughs> the exact opposite of everything they said was going to happen. Like they said, oh, Umara, 
using his strength to keep possession there. And then he loses the ball immediately. <laughs> and, uh, Almost the ball. before they finish the sentence, their sentence would yeah. be wrong. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and they say, um, and they say, oh, now, now we've got the ball, drive it, drive it. And, oh, wait, no, we lost the ball already. And also, I don't know if you picked this up, but um, uh, did you know that uh, Wilson had a Sierra Leone international playing for them? They, only, they didn't mention it very much, only about 20 times, I think, on commentary. But that was a source of pride for them. Um, but it turned out that he actually didn't play during the African Cup of Nations at all. He had COVID during the entire thing and just went out there, then came back. He just went home for a month or he went back to see, you know, like old family or whatever in Sierra Leone for a month and came back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Picked up some conflict diamonds, smuggled them back in, loaded money on the side. That's a great gig, isn't it? Right, um, let's do the answers to this then. So, question one, all about Cloudy Lolos and uh, Wildstone's lead. What did we have for that one, Matt? I thought it was shorter than Wildstone's lead. Okay. Longer. You thought it was lower. So, yeah, uh, Rowena gets the point. It was higher. Lolos was on for 11 minutes. Wildstone led for nine minutes. That was a long 11 minutes. It was a really, really long 11. Probably didn't feel it for Lolas, but it was a really long 11 minutes. So question two then about Dover and um, their comparison with the women's Olympic marathon record. Uh, Matt, what did you have? Uh, I said longer. Um, I said that Dover was shorter. You said Dover was shorter. Matt, you said Dover were longer. Uh, Matt yeah. gets the point. Dover have led for 196 minutes mm. this season. Um, that includes half an hour against us and 75 minutes against Yeovil. Well, they should be very proud of themselves. They should be very proud of themselves. <laughs> yeah, they've. Um, that's the longest they've led for all season, 75 minutes, and they still managed to lose. Um, so that was uh, that. Was that. Um, so it's one all. Keep a check of your own scores because I'm going to lose count. Um, question three, Gary Johnson's wins as manager versus Lewis Hamilton's uh, total career wins. Rowena, what did you get? I had Gary Johnson's as higher. Gary Johnson's as higher. And Matt, what did you say? I said lower. Uh, yeah, Matt gets the point. So oh. Gary Johnson has won 84 games as talkie manager. Lewis Hamilton has won 103 Grand Prix. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Career. I didn't realise he'd won that many. Yeah, that is a lot, isn't it? Yeah. Even um, I'm not the world's biggest Formula One fan, but that even I understand that that's, that's an awful lot of race wins. So it's done very well. So question four was about the away, in inverted commas, crowd against Truro in 1819 versus the uh, total number of goals we've conceded in our history. Rowena, what did you reckon was higher? I had that the crowd was lower. Crowd was lower, Matt. What did you say? I said higher. Yeah, Matt gets another point, oh, sorry. Unbelievable. Have you done the opposite of me every single time and you're getting all of them right? Yeah, it's, um, I did, didn't see that come in, to be honest. So, yeah, the crowd, 2,760 uh, away in a crowd of about 2,805 or something. That was, um, yeah, it was my favourite ever stadium announcement. More so than um, if there is an electrician in the ground, can they please report to the club office or the club shop? No, my favourite was, is there anybody that can officiate the game? Remember? When the linesman got injured. Oh, no, I wasn't there. Yeah, was yeah. Did I watch that on stream? or was No, that, that was that? Uh, Conference South season. Conference South, uh, yeah. And then enough, a guy just ran out and was like, yeah, I'm a linesman, actually. I can do it. <laughs> I can do that. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, he actually could. Yeah, he did very well, actually, yeah. I'm, so I'm told. They gave him the... Um, if you go to the Football Museum uh, in Manchester, it's well worth a visit. The um, they've got a check in there that was presented but never cashed by Jimmy Hill when he came out of the crowd and ran the line. Um, in a little letter that says, Per our standard terms and conditions, we have the pleasure of enclosing a check for about a fiver, I think, which probably was quite a lot of money in the 1980 whatever season it was that he did that. So that was um, that was quite interesting as a, as a thing. I wonder if our guy got paid, no idea, anyway. Sorry, what? You got a free pint of Brin or something after the game, didn't you? Oh, God, it's the last thing you want that. Uh, crowd was 2,760. We have scored 2,000... Sorry, we've conceded 2,336 goals at home in our entire history. 
Uh, so question five was about the lowest ever league crowd at Playmore for the match against Crewe uh, versus the number of first-class wickets taken by Jimmy Anderson across his career. Uh, Rowena, what did you get? I went with the crowd being lower. You, the crowd were being lower. Matt, what did you say? I said the same thing. You both got a point. Yeah. Uh, our lowest ever league crowd uh, for that game on the 1st of March 1986 was 850. I thought it'd be around that. And yeah, that's how I worked that one out. Very, very poor. Uh, and Jimmy took 1,016 first class wickets, 640, I think, in tests. Also so, a machine. Yeah, like ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, how on earth do, do you do that? How does his such... arms still work? How have they not yeah. fallen off? That's it. You know, I, I can't. I, I throw my socks in the washing of an eve now and I need a week's recuperation. It's just unbelievable that a man of his his age can just keep putting his body through that. Congratulations to Jimmy. Well done. Uh, question six was the total number of hat-tricks scored by Sammy Collins versus the number one singles for the Rolling Stones in the UK. Matt, what did you get? I thought that he had more hat-tricks than the Rolling Stones. Have had number ones. Rowena, do you agree or not? Yeah, I agreed. I went with the same. You both got a point. This was difficult, yeah. this one. Uh, Sammy got nine hat-tricks for Torquay. Uh, the Stones have had eight number one singles. Oh, I thought they'd had eight. Oh. Yeah, Just let's it. see. <laughs> I told you, a little bit of general knowledge. It's not all, it's not all Torquay. So I, would Ben have known that? He probably would, wouldn't he? Probably. I think he likes the Stones, Ben. Uh, so question seven, all about the length of the Playmore pitch versus the height of the Wembley Arch. Who said what? I said lower than the Wembley. Well, I said higher. Oh, sorry, Rowena. Matt's got the point again. <sighs> I think so it's now the, the case that I cannot mathematically lose. Uh, all I right. Don't know. Okay. Uh, I've not, I've not <laughs> no kept cares. score, um, which is why you're keeping your own Obviously, score. Obviously, Matthew's keeping score, though, right? <laughs> Very much so, yeah. He's um, he's competitive. You, you know this. He's come dressed for success. There's, um, too many, there's too many ticks on this page. I can't count them all. Sorry. <laughs> so, Blainmore is 112 yards long. You know, I know where you live, Matthew, literally. I could just drive over there. <laughs> We're never going to find out how high the Wembley arches if you're just going to keep threatening each other. Sorry, sorry, boss. The Playmore pitch is 112 yards long and the Wembley arch is 133 metres high at its highest point. So it was close, but um, but man, got it. Uh, Olaf Kazela's ageing days and the length of a single round at the Pebble Beach golf course on 17-mile drive in California. Rowena, what did you say? I went both left being lower. Yeah, Matt, what did you say? Said the same thing. You've both got a point. Uh, Olaf is, uh, or was, on the day he made his debut, 16 years and 266 days, I think, if I remember right. Anyway, I worked it out. It was 6,070 days, uh, including four leap days because he was because of the year he was born. Um, and the Pebble Beach Golf Course is the shortest on the PGA Tour. I looked it up. Uh, and it's 6,816 yards for nearly a thousand yards shorter than the longest course that they play and i can't remember which one that is um i've done 17 mile drive it's very very pretty so go there if you get the chance uh question nine the total number of goals scored for Torquay by robin stubbs versus the number of goals that ukrainian legend andrei shevchenko got for ac milan uh matt what did you say i said higher than shevchenko okay rowena same i was went higher You've both got a point. It was very close. Stubbsy bagged 133 for us. Shivo got 127 for AC Milan. So there's only six goals in it. Um, uh, yeah, remarkable record, really, for both of them. Uh, who Shevchenko obviously didn't play um, for AC Milan for quite as many games as Stubbsy did, but still bagging that number of goals is, is an achievement in itself. And question 10, uh, just in case we needed something for... <laughs> for somebody to get wrong apparently we don't so apparently we, spoiler we don't. alert <laughs> well you know we'll find out for the folks playing at home if you're playing against each other at home and it's getting a bit tight uh total number of appearances that made by every player ever for Torquay versus the number of ice cream served at Wimbledon who got what I went higher you said higher for Torquay Matt I also said higher you, neither of you've got a point first one you've both got wrong uh, so I have um, I've done some maths. I counted every single one individually, obviously, 
Uh, Torquay players have made 53,022 collective appearances. Uh, and apparently they served 64,703 ice creams at Wimbledon in 2019. You did a few more appearances from Lolos than Matthew to win that point. <laughs> yeah, just another 11,500. And he'll be, he'll be up there at eight appearances a season for eight minutes time. So that was that. So uh, count up your scores. I don't know who got what. I got five. I, that's half of them. We said one in two. As, a, as a guess, so you've hit the average perfect 50 percent. Yeah, can't argue <laughs> with that. Uh, Matt, how many did you get? Eight, eight, yeah, yeah, jeez, he's not messing about. I don't, I'm not sure anyone could have beaten eight today, not even Ben Carey, I don't think, because that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, that is pretty good, considering that one of the wrong ones he got was that kind of slightly jokey question at the end. So, no, congratulations, Matt. You've um, you've won absolutely nothing there, not even my respect and admiration because it was a silly quiz. Um, if you played along at home, let us know on Twitter how many you got out of 10 um, and which ones you got right and wrong, and we'll um, laugh at the worst of you, I suppose. That nonsense done, it's on to Bromley. I'm not sure how much there is to say about Bromley, because they are, along with like Eastleigh, I always think of Bromley as that archetypal, completely anonymous conference standard club in which I have absolutely zero knowledge or interest can anybody tell us anything about Bromley? I always forget that they're in the league, for one thing. Um, but they are eighth in the table. Um, so I think it will be quite a tough game. I think they'll want to win. Um, I'm not sure we've got anything to play for. So, um, like we said earlier, it would be nice perhaps to see a slightly different team out and see how that goes and, and just go and, and enjoy the game and make it a good spectacle for fans. <laughs> Anything's got to be better than the weekend. Um, but that's all I know about Bromley. So that's it. By different team, do you mean like put Halstead in goal? Yeah, why not? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't go wild. <laughs> um, I, I was at the the reverse fixture back in was it September or so. I can't remember. Blistering hot day um, in London at their ground, which is falling down, <laughs> and probably as much of a risk to public health as Wheelston is, to be honest. Um, and they played us off the park. We were terrible, um, and I wouldn't. I don't think. I don't think we can be as bad as we were that day, because um, we were, we were really, really bad. But yeah, I can't see us getting three points out of it, to be honest. Um, but we always seem to raise our game when we play better teams, and it's pretty galling that Bromley are classed as a better team than us. <laughs> but that's just the way it is. Um, yeah, we're good shit houses, aren't we? No. We, we, when we really want to piss someone off, we can do it. Like we really piss Wrexham off just for the just for the fun of it. Mid table well, club. Yeah, I mean, um, you saw how you saw how delighted Wheelston were to get a victory over the yellow tin pot minnows that we are. Um, <laughs> and will, will Bromley raise their game in the same way? Maybe. Um, you only get to play us twice a season. I'm just looking at Bromley's recent results um, to try and see if there's anything in there that might give us any clue as to what they're like um i too i listened to the um the reverse in in the car in the car on the radio in the car somewhere i don't know wherever i listened to it i wasn't there anyway and yeah it sounded to me as though they did kind of nothing but they only had to do nothing to beat us 2-0 pretty comfortably without sort of having to raise their game beyond second gear um they've lost 3-1 to stockport couple of weeks ago um madden quigley and madden again and then a constellation late on for um for bromley they drew two all with weymouth on oh, they must be rubbish uh silly it's silly time of the year isn't it you know like you start playing rubbish clubs and get getting beat by them or losing points to them you know I think that now at this point in the season you're going to be more worried about the teams trying to avoid relegation than you are the ones going for promotion yeah, yeah, that's that's probably true. Uh, no, I mean it's definitely true. That's, that's quite right. Um, they've got Michael Cheek. He's got sixteen in twenty nine this season. Another really good return for him. Quite why we can't sign him, I I, I don't know. I mean, what are Bromley offering him? Chance to go out in London every so often? Well, we're over there every couple of weeks playing somebody. 
So if you, yeah, you really just get to go back it. to the seaside afterwards. <laughs> yeah, that's just it. You know, you can go for your night out and then you get to drive down, have some sort of decent sea air or whatever. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what our problem is with signing players of, of that standard because he's clearly willing to play in the division. He's been there two or three years. So, you know, we, we really ought to be able to take players off clubs, clubs like Bromley, with all due respect, clubs like Bromley. Uh, and they lost to South End, kind of no surprise. I mean, South End was the division's form team week or so before that. Um, before that, they'd won five on the bounce. So, yeah, bit of a mixed bag for them. Bit like us, really. And I suppose that probably bears out in their league position. There are a couple of places above us, a few points ahead of us. They've been slightly better than us, but not much. And still, with this team, I'd expect us to lose. So it's a bit sad, but that's kind of... If you go in with uh, with no expectations, you can't be disappointed, can you? So I imagine that we're probably going to lose 2-0 again uh, in an afternoon where they won't have to work very hard and we'll just move towards an inexorable 14th place finish. And the only thing you can hope, I suppose, is that three points against us helps maybe just nose maybe Notts County down into eighth for the end of the season. That would amuse me a little tiny bit. It's not going to be Wrexham this year. They normally finish eighth, and which is always funny. But um, no, I think it's potentially that it's going to be Notts County this year. Um, has anybody got anything else to say about the Bromley game at all? No, big list of no's. I can see two people here shaking their heads at me. Okay. Um, well, the only thing left to ask of anybody listening to this is that you consider if you've got a few spare pounds going uh, because you didn't go down to Wealdstone, for example. Uh, we have set up a small charity collection pot for the uh, for UNICEF, helping the children in Ukraine deal with um, Russian genocide and war and hideous things like that. Um, all the money goes straight to them. We don't see a penny of it. Obviously, we don't. You know, we, I'm not taking a skim. It's not a profit-seeking exercise for us. It is straight-up charity. We just thought it might be a nice thing to do since children are being senselessly murdered by a genocidal dictator. And really, all any of us can do is throw a few quid into the pot. So if you've got a fiver left over at the end of this week, throw it into that pot for us, please. And um, you'll have our eternal love and gratitude. And if you can't, no worries, join in with the next one when you can. Um, has anybody got any final thoughts on anything at all? Not for me. No, nothing for me. No, it doesn't surprise me at all that none of the three of us have any particular thoughts whatsoever. Well, I think we, we've done quite well at making quite a fun podcast from quite a average Talk United week. So. Yeah, the game rescued rescued it successfully, I think. And the chat about the matches and the plea for charity. We, we've done very well. Uh, thank you ever so much if you've made it this far into this episode. Um, congratulations. Go and have a beer. <laughs> Uh, thank you ever so much for joining me for this slog, Rowena. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm grateful for your company, Matt. Cheers. Uh, we will see you probably next week to talk about the Bromley game again. Cheerio.